What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Brown on the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in a Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's roll it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for Mass Live. I'm joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe and our good friend, Sam Jam Packard, formerly of Locked On Celtics, now of Anything is Podable. Am I allowed to acknowledge that you were formerly on Locked yeah, On Celtics? Yeah, no, definitely. I love that time in Locked On Celtics. Normally, I got introduced as formerly of WEEI, and I really didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> locked on Celtics is fantastic. I wasn't yeah. sure what the status of your uh, your rivalry with Lockdown Celtics is. But, oh no, uh, we're gonna have uh, John on soon to uh, kind of have a reunion podcast. Get the gang back together. Um, Sam, welcome to the pod, man. We're we're really happy to have you. Uh, obviously, Podable does a great job over at the Athletic. How's quarantine? How's everything treating you? Uh, things are interesting. Um, it's nice to be on the pod because I feel like I was uh, I was there every step of the way with you guys planning it. <laughs> I had a lot of to say in the Celtics media room about names. I personally would have gone with Faneuil Ball. Tom really doesn't like the name. Nicole seems somewhat amused by it, but it's nice to finally kind of uh, to see that vision of what I thought Faneuil Ball would be. We'll call it, but things are good. How are you guys doing? How's, uh, how's quarantine for you? I mean, you know, we, we've said it multiple times. We picked the start of a quarantine to start a podcast. We're moving along. I mean, fortunately, we're finally starting to get some actual Celtics news. Today, we had Kemba Walker, Brad Stevens. We figured we should talk about that stuff briefly. I assume everybody who's listening to this already read everything that everybody wrote. Don't um, assume. People are lazy. I don't read it all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fair. Any, uh, any, any takeaways from kind of everything that transpired today? There were no positive tests for the Celtics. And as far as Brad knows, everybody is participating. So I guess that's good news. 
Yeah. yeah like, it's I think good it's news good. that no one has, yeah, the virus. That is, yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think we could pretty that. safely say that it's good news that nobody has COVID. Yeah. You guys I mean, were I, on the Zoom call. Was there anything interesting? I'm trying to remember. The way I've organized it in my brain right now is just like I have a Celtics Twitter timeline on tweet. <laughs> if anything interesting came up other than 19 tweets that said no one tested positive for COVID. Let me think. I thought it was interesting that Brad brought up the fact that this feels like a new season. By the time games actually start, there's going to have been four months um, in between when the season actually shut down and when games restart again. I, I just thought that was kind of interesting because like, it feels obvious, but it kind of feels like you can throw everything that we learned, maybe not everything, but a lot of the things we learned from 2019-20 kind of out the window. Like, um, oh, you can. Shit's going to be different. <laughs> I mean, like, just, I have no idea why. <laughs> I think Brad sort of insinuated that even when the season's future was like sort of undetermined, like he said, he had already done his postseason evaluations, like he was sort of closing the door pretty early on, I feel like when the season was suspended. But I feel like he was saying that he was going to use that information to influence whenever the season does resume. That being said, at the time, he didn't know whether it was going to be resuming in like a month versus two months, right. but I feel like he still will use that information. For sure. I guess my point was more just like the teams that were good will still be good, but like so much has changed. We kind of don't know what the situation is going to be like with everybody down there. Like, are the Bucks still going to be on there? Like, they're a very good team, but are they still going to be on the kind of role that they were on beforehand? Like, the Clippers were kind of off and on. Are they going to get it together? Like, I feel like that kind of speaks to Brad's point of like, this is all going to be different because like there's been four months since the last time that all these guys played games. I, I agree with him. It's going to be a new season because we're going to know as much as we know going into any season we had generally had as like the basketball twitter world we like know the talent levels on each teams and have yeah. like good guesses of how things are going to go right now we have like a good sample size of these teams but there's the whole coronavirus bubble thing going on so it's like i feel like we have as much certainty it is a new season because we're just like none of that really matters now or it, it's a matter somewhat because like we know which teams are good but we just don't know how they're going to perform in a short eight games and then a tournament so like that's what I think, like, biggest takeaways is, like, I have zero idea what's going to happen. Normally, I, like, have imposter syndrome and, like, like, predicting things, but now I really don't like it because who the fuck knows? Speaking of the seeding games, though, I guess I was intrigued by the fact that Brad said that those games, he acknowledged that they're important, but he sort of, like, wrote them off. Like, he was, like, we're more focused on the August yeah. 17th date, and I don't know if that was, like, a tactic by him or whether he genuinely meant that, but it seems to be that, like, Right when the schedule came out, everyone was like, oh my God, the Celtics can like get the two seed. This is a really like achievable goal for them with these seeding games. But Brad didn't seem to give like any credence to that. He was like, no, we're definitely like more focused on just like establishing a groove. So that way we're ready when August 17th comes around. For sure. And I mean, if I were to guess, I would guess that Brad is probably like hinting that just because they're within range of the two seed doesn't mean they're going to play all their best players eight games in a row. Right. I would not be at all surprised if this means that like they're going to prioritize health over beating the Wizards on the last night of the seeding game. They're going to prioritize health every game. They should like. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I guess I mean injury. But they're not going to run anyone like 35 minutes. So I feel like we're right. going to try some things and like Brad's going to try some weird lineups because he's been watching film for four months. And man, did you know if you put Time Lord, Vinny, and Cantor out there? <laughs> Brad's just been like on uh, cleaning the glass, like sorting through the lineups. Like, hear me out. This has like four minutes of sample size, but they are plus 97. Like, I, I look seriously forward to genuinely believe that Brad will come up with something crazy because think of all the time that we've had in quarantine. Maybe this is different because he has kids and I just don't have a concept of what that's like. But for a man who loves film as much as Brad, like I would imagine he's watched every single Celtics game multiple times over quarantine and probably 
every other team in the East games multiple times. Like the guy's got to have learned so much. Yeah, like I got like 50 degrees better at guitar. Nicole did a bunch of puzzles. Brad just like watched the games 100 times and is, uh, is ready to go. Some people are more productive than I am. To me, that was like the extent of like the really interesting stuff. I mean, I thought that Kemba said kind of a couple of things. Nicole, what, what did you take away from uh, Kemba's part of the conversation? I mean, I think we've kind of known this, but Kemba just clearly loves basketball so much <laughs> that he just wasn't going to let like he said, he had no concerns about the bubble that he just wants to play. And I'm glad that he doesn't have any concerns. But at the same time, like you see so many players raise concerns and there are very legitimate reasons why you should be concerned about the bubble. But I think Kemba literally just loves basketball so much. He won't let those two lines of thought cross, if that makes sense. He's just so eager to get back. Yeah, he sounded extremely excited to get back. Does Kemba oh, so. ever say anything interesting? I'm trying to think of like he's pretty one of the more just like positive and like, I don't know, like just like kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. I Maybe it's just like they win in a lot, but I can't imagine <laughs> him saying anything in the like, but he also doesn't like give you a quote or necessarily like share his opinion. So like whether it's on like the Celtics response or just like coming back to basketball, he's just going to be like positive about it. And like, I think even if he was had a concern, he would never say that in the media. He's just like yeah. mindset. It's just like super positive. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think the only time that I've ever heard Kemba be negative about things was when he was injured and we kept like asking him for injury updates. And it wasn't that he like was unpleasant to us. It was just clearly like he was just mad that he couldn't hoop. So yeah, I, I think that he just kind of wants to get back out there. So we got a couple of games we're going to play with Sam here. Uh, before we do that, uh, let's hear from Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, Sam, are you ready for our first game? I am. So it's called Actually Blank or Just Quarantine. So basically, this has been inspired by we've all been doing our best to self-isolate for the past four or so months. And with that comes a lot of consumption of content. And we're trying to determine whether this content is actually insert adjective or whether it's just quarantine that's making everybody think that if that makes sense the first one jason tatum's hair actually bad or just quarantine oh it's bad <laughs> recently, but like that one picture it didn't look good he got it because he was in quarantine he let it go to that length but it was not a good look for him well he let it get to that length but then he cut it it seems like he intentionally cut it to the length that it ended up in that photo, right? Like, because it was all lined up. It just yeah, <laughs> looks very a, different. A quarantine hair goof. I mean, I grew a mustache. Like, <laughs> he took an opportunity and he went for it. So it was bad, but like, that could have been intentionally. So I had a terrible mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so do you but think- didn't look good. Do you think that when we come back, that, that when he, we actually see him again, he's gonna have cut it then? Cause if it's yeah, just I a feel goof. Like I've seen him, I feel like I've seen him already, he already got it cut again. I'm pretty sure that was an old photo that was floating around. Then probably follow the same people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I would say it's 
actually genuinely bad, even as somebody who hasn't had a haircut in two months. I like don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's the final product though. I feel like it's like a stepping stone for him. So it's kind of the uh, patchy beard growing out. He's just kind of waiting exactly. for it to, to become what he well, wants. What's his final be. destination with that? I think Where's his final going? destination is he's going to grow out his hair a little bit longer and then braid it. No, it, it could happen. I've like forgot Jalen had a flat top recently. <laughs> like, <laughs> a picture of him from his earlier. Like, oh yeah, that was the thing he did. <laughs> I think that's what he's trying to do, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Okay. All right. All right. Next one. Keeping with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's dog, actually cute or just quarantine? Uh, it's objectively a cute dog. I mean, it's a tiny little fucking Muppet thing. Like, I don't know. Nicole is lobbing this one up so that you guys can dunk on me because I am not a French bulldog guy, but- I'm not a dog guy. I'm not a dog guy at all. It's a cute dog though. Exactly. It's a cute dog. It's a cute dog. I don't love French bulldogs, but- I objectively cannot say that that dog is not cute. Like, it is a very cute little dog. Can, can I tell you guys be... my dog hot take? Yes. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I'm not an anti-dog, but I feel like I'm anti-dog people. <laughs> no, people I'm like, on board with like this. animals more than humans, I just have a real problem with. Uh, I, and it, it makes me, like, just dislike... I try not to put it on the dog, but like dog owners, uh, just they're so fucking sanctimonious. And I don't know. I just have, I just don't like it. And it feels like it paints me as anti-dog. and I'm not. Mm -mm. I'm with you on this take, especially because like a lot of dog owners. And again, I'm a dog owner. My, my lab mix is currently sitting on the bed as I podcast. But dog owners are either sanctimonious or they're the kind of people who like, like what was that? Uh, we rate dogs, like heckin' good doggo or whatever. Like, so they're either sanctimonious or they like, just tweet nonsense like like their actual words like a heckin good dog is not a thing <laughs> well i'm not gonna pile on anyone who tweets nonsense I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong point no i'm, I'm with you on uh, on that uh, my thing with french bulldogs is just that they are not very like functional creatures they can't do a lot of things but they're very cute defend dogs nicole and dogs i mean tom what can your dog do what do you mean what can she do <laughs> You were saying you don't like French bulldogs because what can they do? But like, what can your dog do? How well, functional I... your dog, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I throw a frisbee, she can chase it down and catch it in midair, which is pretty cool. Um, also, she's like sixty pounds. Like, if somebody's breaking into my house, like it's not going to be fun. Like, she's not a pit bull or anything, but like, it's, you're not going to have like a pleasant experience breaking into my house because I have a sixty-pound dog. Like, well, like what's, dog, a, what's that, a French that... bulldog going to do? It's going to run at you and tip over. Dogs has been purely bred for like human enjoyment and it's just it's like fucked up eugenics it's i don't want <laughs> you know what i really appreciate you man because we <laughs> we talked about this on the podcast last time i made our producer shout out spencer i made our producer cut all of it because i thought i sounded like a bad person but you and i are a hundred percent aligned on this almost exactly what you said i didn't use the word eugenics but like <laughs> Sam is now doubting for those at home. Oh, that was just for you guys. Please don't share that with the audience. <laughs> no, I, they are, uh, they struggle to live because they can't breathe and they can't procreate. So like, they're just kind of, well, sometimes we, sometimes we just like things because they're cute and they offer companionship. At what cost though? Sometimes we just like stuff because they're cute and they offer companionship and it's okay if they don't have, I don't know any other purpose other than that like at what at what cost do we do we do we like things because anyway all right 
before I make Spencer cut some more stuff, we can. Uh... <laughs> All right, next one. Jason Tatum probably signing a max extension. Actually news or just quarantine? I'm going to have to call bullshit on this game. What is quarantine? When is the option going to be quarantine? This one. Yeah, He's this probably going to sign a max? Like, yeah, of course. That's not news. Correct. Yeah, so this is quarantine. It's just quarantine. Like, this is just quarantine. Like, people We're all bored. talking about it because of quarantine. Got it. Okay. <laughs> attracted. This is quarantine. This one is clearly quarantine. Like, not only is he obviously going to sign a max because that's what stars coming off their rookie extension always do. I mean, like, the, the landscape for future money might be so bleak and so strange after this season that like even if Tatum hated Boston which he doesn't he would still probably take it because you need that long-term security so this one is like clearly quarantine like obviously Jason Tatum is going to sign his max extension after this year it's funny to see the language in reports though is like most likely or probably <laughs> yeah and it's like it, it was always going to be probably I don't know this one you think that's just like a bored reporter being like texting Tatum's agent is like you gotta sign the max and he's like probably and then it's like <laughs> <laughs> boom stories yes all right next one Tremont Waters winning a bunch of G League awards actually news or just quarantine I'm gonna let Sam take this one first how could it not be actually news he won the award it's not like they created the award for Sam I don't know if you understand the the game Let's put it this way. Would we be writing about it if... Um, if Tremont Waters wrote, like, won an award for MassLive.com, you would be <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, for sure. But I would say that it wouldn't, like... It's news. It is news. I mean, we're talking about it way more than we have to because of quarantine, but, like... Right, exactly. So I, I would say this one's a mix. This one is a little bit of both because it is real news. I, I would write about it, but... We wouldn't care about it that much because, like, it would be coming out during a playoff run. And I just don't think that we would care about, like, G League Rookie of the Year, G League. Um, Who won, yeah, didn't this former Red Cause player win G League Rookie of the Year, G League MVP, like, a couple years ago? Tim Frazier? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Looks yeah, like yeah. Smacks Frog. <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, that didn't matter whatsoever. But no, exactly. Legit now. But I literally just had a whole podcast talking about Tremont Waters because my friend, like, um, trained him pre-draft, but, like, you're right. If there was actual games going on, we're not having a Tremont segment on anything's possible. Yes, like if it was like the second round of the playoffs and, and all that happened. Like, yeah, so I think that one's a little bit of both. All right. Jamal Bowman's roast of Ennis Cantor. Actually a good roast or just quarantine? Whack roast. I love, appreciate the cause. I like Jamal Bowman. Whack roast. Oh, man. I'm, I'm walking off this podcast now. I mean, I, I just think that the funny wasn't there. I mean, it was like cool that he like clapped back, but it just wasn't like, Haha, ha. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm all for shaming Ennis Cantor online for his stealing of jokes and other opinions, but I feel like I'm so deep in Weird Celtics Twitter shitting on Ennis that, like, <laughs> comment's going to be, it's like, you need to go full, you need to go full, more than a politician could go. It wasn't really original material because Ennis's defense gets made fun of, like, all the time. So my counter would be that it's a pretty solid roast because, like, because the whole point was that Elliot Engel wasn't going to be able to defend his seat. Like, it wasn't about, like, Ennis being bad at defending. It was that Elliot Engel is bad at defending, um, at least against Jamal Bowman. That, that would be my counter here. It's a fair point. And to be honest, I didn't remember the full burn. And so if it, <laughs> that sounds better. But it's, it's still not ha-ha funny because I didn't remember it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> to be And to be uh, entirely transparent, the only reason that we uh, included that one is so that I could promote – 
my interview with Jamal Bowman on him roasting Ennis Cantor on MassLive.com slash Celtics. Go check it out. I know I saw that somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Nicole, what else we got? The Last Dance. Actually good or just quarantine? I was entertained the whole time. I mean, I think it got way more hype and discussion, but like, I was interested the into every single hour. I think the beef that people seemed to have with it was that like it had all this footage, it had all these, um, you know, moments, but it wasn't particularly critical of its subject because like, obviously a documentary is supposed to be just like objective and you know, you show everything, um, whether it's good or bad, but like also the only way they were going to get all this high level footage was if they kept it, you know, pretty kind to Jordan. So I don't know. I is that watching it being like, I am taking the last dance to be the official history <laughs> Chicago Bulls for the past like 20 years. I don't know. I feel like everyone. Yes, absolutely. I think some people thought slammed. that. Yeah, because people are dumb generally. <laughs> I don't know. It felt like it was interesting. It was cool footage, but it obviously made Michael Jordan look like he was the man. And you have to understand that there's some like Jerry Krause never got to speak in that whatsoever. You never heard his perspective. I don't know. It was yeah. definitely not the news or a documentary but it doesn't mean it wasn't like a captivating you'd have to like think about it's like this is michael jordan's take on what happened uh, with the bulls and i would also say like it made michael jordan you know seem like the man but also like it was the 90s like michael jordan was the man like he was he was like he was everything it, in the 90s it also made him seem like a huge dickhead <laughs> <laughs> all right last one what do, what, do you, what do you think about The Last Dance, Nicole? Are you, are you... I really enjoyed it, especially as someone who had basically no knowledge of Michael Jordan other than that he existed and won six championships and played for the Chicago Bulls. I thought it was really informative. And I just sort of accepted, like, okay, this is Michael Jordan propaganda, but I, like, very much enjoyed it and thought it was entertaining. And somebody did, like... The a propaganda will do that. Propaganda, <laughs> you like it, the message. <laughs> Somebody did a super cut of all the times he said, like, and I took that personally. And that was pretty funny. So. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. it also, it gave us the story that five men delivered a pizza. <laughs> like, what is that? I'm still amazed by that. As a guy who delivered pizzas for one summer and a miserable, miserable time. The idea of showing up with four other dudes to kind of like <laughs> is insane to me. It is, Nicole, it is wild to me that you were four when, or three when Michael Jordan retired. Like, he retired in 99. Well, he retired after 98. So yeah, so you were three. three. You are a Zoomer. No, I'm a millennial. You are not a millennial. I'm on the cusp. And I think I identify with the millennials, but. That's because you're not on TikTok. No, yeah. I am on TikTok now. That's our last have... one. I have not seen you post any TikToks, so I don't think you're on TikTok. All right, Celtics on TikTok. Actually entertaining or just quarantine? Not really. No one has really anything good. You have to be like pretty entrenched and deep online to get the memes and the culture of TikTok. And like, I don't think they're like as online as, you know, some other players. You know, like the best one is uh, Tybal on the Sixers. He's got the best TikToks I've seen from an NBA player. He's really good. Giannis is like, okay. Giannis is corny as hell and like doesn't pull off the jokes, but you're just so endearing. You're like, I'm glad you're making jokes, Giannis. <laughs> and Romeo tried to do like the transitions. I have not seen Romeo TikTok. Oh my God. <laughs> just now. I thought Jason Tatum's TikToks were good. He did like a couple of the dances. I think there's like two camps on TikTok, like on your For You page. You're either part of like straight TikTok or like elite TikTok, depending on what type of content you like. 
I don't, I think. Yeah, this is beyond me. Okay. There's, no, there's like seven, there's so many different TikToks. You ever been on Beans TikTok? It's all about beans. You like <laughs> one rabbit hole, and then you just start getting, like, you like one video about beans, and then you get eight more beans videos. It's the algorithm's freaking weird. I like to post about Settlers of Catan, and then I just have gotten so much more Catan content. It, but there's so many different, like, subcultures of TikTok. It's just, like, the purest form of youth culture on the internet. Tatum has done some of the more, like, popular dances, which I thought was, like, yeah, a suit of him. a good entertainer when he's not playing the, uh, basketball. <laughs> That's fair. Who do you think the funniest Celtic is? I think it's probably Marcus Smart. I think, well, no, actually, no. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. I think it's Jason Tatum. Whenever, like, we're not talking to him and he's just, like, talking to other players and, like, we overhear him, that dude is funny. What's your thought? Great originally, I think it's Smart. No, it's Javante. Oh. oh yeah true the guy is always doing bits the guy that walks around the locker room is like constantly just messing with people the guy is a class clown like it's no clear. that's you're 100 percent right it's javante ennis is trying to be and it's upsetting <laughs> ennis is like the, the not fun class clown like you can tell he's going for the bit and it's like it's kind of upsetting whereas like javante Javante, it feels like he passes me in the locker room and like will tap me on the wrong shoulder and I'll look the wrong way and he'll like look back and you're like and he's fucking with you and you're like damn Javante you got me good and like it's like a, a fun way where Ennis is doing it it feels like it's like a knocking people over to try and like make a joke but Javante is just more just like fucking with you in person and it's uh, hilarious Javante is always doing like weird stuff like that in the locker room and just like hopping in over people's shoulders during like scrums and things like that Javante is just like a, a playful guy and that's why I think he's funniest. I think the thing I enjoy the most about Javante is that he is mostly just doing all this stuff to amuse himself. I think that's one big difference is that like, he doesn't like really care if you think he's funny or if you think the joke is funny. He's like, like you mentioned the shoulder tapping thing. If he did that and like you turned around back to him, he'd just be kind of going like, <laughs> like to himself. Like, cause he just like, <laughs> I know, not that's, doing it. <laughs> that's exactly, exactly. Like he's not doing it for anybody else. Um, which is probably one of the reasons why Ennis's don't land as well. Um, because he's like definitely doing them like for an audience. Whereas Javante is just kind of like walking around doing my thing. He's just like, me. these people are invading my locker room. I'm going to fuck them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Game two. Hopefully this goes better than game one. Have you seen the make me choose between picture that has been floating around Twitter? Yes. Sam Sheehan tweeted out the other day. <laughs> I made him tween between Yabu or Tice. Uh, since you're since you're doing the Sam Sheehan high hopes dance, make me choose between <laughs> make me to choose between the Sam Sheehan high hopes dance and Riff's man squishing names together. Oh wow! One is pure and fantastic, and one is like foundational to mm -hmm. life. <laughs> oh wow! You just put me in a fucking pickle right there. Um, I gotta go, Riff's man, like. That just feels like like what Weird Celtics Twitter is. is just like him fucking around with names and just just going with it because it sounded cooler. I, I think My name, he's humiliated himself countless times on video. So this is just the best one. Man, this is tough because uh, Riff's man, noted friend of the show here. But I think the high hope stance, man, like that thing. I would go with the Riff's man if there wasn't like an entire verse of Sam just like staring at the <laughs> camera, just like blank. Uh, because the high hopes dance is funny, but the staring at the camera blankly for the entire verse is like truly elite content. So uh, I don't I'm, understand how he does it. Commitment to a bit. Sheehan's got more commitment to the bit than I've seen in anyone on the on the web. 
I mean, the guy really just fucking goes for it. It's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I feel like it lands. It does. But see, you got so many moments of him on video just talking to himself. Riffsman squeezing names together is just like how it's how, truly iconic. Like it is the it is what's going on. I respect either pick. Uh, they're they're both iconic. Iconic online moments. Yeah. So Jalen Brown's flat top or Jalen Brown's buzz cut. I think I preferred the flat top. Mm. I know he decided to shave in. I feel like I want to respect his decision as well, but I just like aesthetically, I, I like the flat top. It's a cool look. It is a cool look. I like the current look, especially in tandem with the beard. I think he pulls that off well. You know, the flat top was cool, but I, I, I think that the, uh, the the buzz cut in combination with the increasingly large beard, it, it's 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 powerful. I think it's I think it's a strong uh, strong combo. You just know, because I just, it can pull I just it. resent you guys for making me judge Jalen on his hair choices. You know, I just, I'm just going to, I don't have to pick. I'm, I pick whatever Jalen wants. <laughs> fair, fair. All right. Terry Rozier's sandwich or Brad Stevens' Thanksgiving dessert? Do you uh, remember what these are, Sam? I mean, Terry Rozier's a spaghetti ranch sandwich um, with some sugar on it. Of course, I'm never going to forget that. Brad is like some cranberry dish, if I remember correctly. The, the words that Brad used to describe it, and it's something that his wife, Tracy, makes, um, it is a base of pretzels, and then I quote, something really unhealthy, and then I, it was strawberries on top. Was it like whipped cream in between, Nicole? Something like that. Okay. I am a Midwesterner, so that dessert makes a lot of sense to me, um, which is why I'm going to go with Terry. Like, you know, I've been a Midwesterner all my life. Let me branch out a little bit. Like, I've been to a lot of uh, Midwest post-church potlucks that have something like that. I don't need any more of it. Give me something wild from, uh, from Scary Terry. Wait, have you had the dessert? I mean, I haven't had that exact one, but it's like, that's a Midwest thing. Everybody- Just throwing pretzels into desserts? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Throw pretzels, like some kind of weird like gelatin thing in the middle. Okay, yeah, we um, forgot a key ingredient, the jello. Yes. Oh, right. that's, the, that's the unhealthy thing in the middle? So no, no it, actually, it, I think I screwed that up. I don't think it was the whipped cream on top. I think it was Jello, and then okay, so it's called Jello pretzel salad, and it's got a base of pretzels, something very unhealthy, and then Jello, and then strawberries on top. And Brad says it's okay, outstanding. Why do we not know what something very unhealthy is? What is it like lard? Like what is it? <laughs> Terry sandwich. Like I like bread. I like more carbs than spaghetti. Generally, a ranch fan. I don't know what the sugar will do, but I generally like sugar in most <laughs> I'm sure, like, that's my biggest qualm is like, I don't know how they'll mix, but who knows? Maybe Terry knows something I don't. Or are you guys, I don't. <laughs> as again, as a Midwesterner, I'm curious, are you guys familiar with Snicker salad? Do you guys know what that is? No. No. This is amazing to me that you don't know what Snicker salad is. Okay, so here's, this is a can recipe. Guess, can I guess before you? Uh, Please do. Uh, it has five ingredients. Let's see how many of them you get. Snicker salad. Um... Peanuts? No. Okay, well, I'm way off then. Chocolate? Does it have anything to do with the Snickers bar? It does. Are Snickers bars an ingredient? Nicole? Is it just they absolutely are. Oh, wow. Is it, do they put, tell me they don't put mayonnaise in it. There's no mayonnaise. There's no <laughs> oh mayonnaise. Oh, God. Thank God. Um, <laughs> so it's a Snicker bar, probably like on top of some chocolate chips or like a cookie. I don't know. How do they make it a salad? This is. <laughs> tough the midwest is confusing we're a strange strange people man <laughs> this is a pretty typical i just found a recipe online this is a pretty typical uh, snicker salad recipe 3.4 ounces instant vanilla pudding mix one nice. cup of whole milk so you know we're not like going crazy yet six granny smith apples again fine eight ounces of cool whip 
All right, we're going off the rails a little bit. Six full-size Snicker bars chopped up. And you Put it together. together. Mush, that's Amazing. the five ingredients. Mash that all up and call it a salad. <laughs> it's so not a salad, but it's so... <laughs> yeah, wait. So is that a thing of the Midwest to call oh, yes. things salads that oh. are not salads? I mean, I don't know. Some people, for sure. Again, like post-church potlucks on, on your Sunday afternoon, you're going to get a lot Anything of like, Snicker salads. Yeah, you, side dishes at that point. And wow. Sounds better calling us less out. Like, what else? What would you name that dish to get it to be appealing? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I don't know what you would call it. And you know, six Granny Smith apples. It's good for you. I think Granny Smith apples are the worst kind of apple. Oh, you shut Big your mouth, packs. Nicole Yang. Oh no, 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 no. Does she's absolutely right. You guys are bad. You're bad at apple. <laughs> the only good apple is a pink lady apple. That's 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 my take. No, I think there are other good apples, but Granny Smith apples are just, no. All apples matter. <laughs> Next, Gershon Yabuselli or Vincent Poirier? Well, so I interpreted it as, like, who's, like, a fan favorite. Um, and, like, that felt obvious that it was obviously Yabu. Um, which, like, you know, shout out to Poirier. Like, Vinny Sexfinger is an icon. But I think, like, if you were asking the average, like, Celtics fan, especially, like, even, like, the average online Celtics fan, most of them would go with Yabu. I guess, Definitely like, pro like Yabu. stylistic. In terms of basti- basketball, I think I might be more pro Yabu than I am. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Yabu did, Yabu knocked down some threes and dabbed. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me a Vinny highlight. Like, do you, like, Vinny has not been uh, a great, he's a sex icon for sure, but I would they argue so is Yabu. And so, and <laughs> wear bucket hats? I don't think so. I think that <laughs> everything points to, to Yabu. And that's, I, I asked Sam she and Yabu were Tice. Like that, I feel like is a more strict comparison because Tice is good at basketball too. So yeah. how do you weigh kind of like that? Not only is Tice good at basketball, he's also really good in tattoos. Like his tattoos are cool. <laughs> he's sneaky funny. He's one of the sneakier, funnier guys on, on the Celtics. He's not very, like, outspoken, but when you hear him talk, he's always making fun of the other guys on the team. <laughs> Something that I think about that makes me laugh, but I have no explanation as to why it exists, is when Terry Rozier comments, my seed, in the bicep emoji on Daniel Tice's <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I don't um, know how that came about. But it Terry makes- Rozier, didn't he sign his jersey to, like, my favorite white player? Like- he did, yes, my favorite white boy. That was... That is like this one of the stories that I am really upset at myself that I didn't get because I saw Tice <laughs> walking out with the jersey over his shoulder and I almost was like, oh man, I should chase him down and ask him. But instead I decided to just go in the locker room too. And uh, I missed out on getting Tice talking about being Terry Rozier's favorite white boy, <laughs> which was disappointing. All right. Time well, hang on. I, I want to I I say on Yabu Poire real quick because okay. what if we just did like style? Because Yabu has like the bucket hats, but Poire is... His style is pretty sharp. He's got like the sunglasses. He's got, you know, he's always, he always looks like he's pretty well dressed. I mean, yeah, he shows up in designer suits and he's always looking cool. I don't know. I just feel like I like Yabu more when Yabu, like, I'm a more, I'm a bucket hat guy. Like, Vinny Sex Pants is a little too fancy for me. I can, like, I can, mm. I feel like Yabu wears like a, an Adidas, like, sweatsuit and the bucket hat. It's like, I can see myself wearing that. I'm not going to show up anywhere wearing like Versace suit. He does. So Yabu is a fan of the people, I think. I absolutely could see you showing up somewhere in a Adidas track suit and a bucket and hat. And a bucket hat? Yeah. Oh I, Celtics game. I would be a Celtics bucket hat, too. I would be like, say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I respect that. 
All right, next one. Time Lord or Smurf? In terms of nicknames. In terms of just straight nicknames and not in terms of character or, or like on court or anything, just in terms of nicknames? Right. In terms of nickname, but also like in terms of like the way the nickname fits the guy. You know what I mean? Time Lord. <laughs> Time Lord's like, uh, he's wild, man. Smurf, like, I don't know if it exactly, it, it is absurd and it fits more to Smurf's personality, but just for some reason, Time Lord just clicks to me because of anything I know about Rob and any story I've heard about Rob uh, is fantastic. Also, in doing research about like civil rights and stuff like that, I bought a book by a guy named Robert Williams, who is this uh, guy who uh, from North Carolina who is into armed black resistance. And I'm just thinking of all the kind of people who would be named Rob Williams and thinking of Time Lord like he could be any of them. I feel like I've reinforced kind of Time Lord in my brain of just like he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time. I love that. I would also say Time Lord because you're not going to hear anybody on the Celtics say Smurf. Like, that's not a thing that has permeated. No Celtics assistant coach is going to be like, hey, Smurf, come over here. Whereas, like, Time Lord, I've absolutely. They said that on national television. Yeah, you know? Like, that's a thing. Smurf is pretty good, though. I feel like Smurf fits after Riffsman explained the origin. I feel like Smurf also fits him. It's not just like a typo. No, it does fit him. I mean, they're both, they're, I think they're both really good, but like. It's not time more good. I mean, yeah. like the, the, the origin story is more connected to personality of Rob because he did show up late and stuff. Yeah. There's this story there. Smurf is just like so much like out of left field that it's, like, it's not like there was a messed up jersey once that like had a F instead of a T. Like. <laughs> time Lord is somewhat based in, in reality, although not at all. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's either somewhat based or, like, literally not based in reality in any way. Time Lord's all-encompassing. All right, yeah. last one. Brad Stevens saying the team needs to hit singles or Brad Stevens calling other players a joke? Oh, wow. A joke. Man, I, that's one of my favorite Brad Stevens bits. I, I debated – I was trying to come up with questions to get him to call players a joke. <laughs> never do it. Hitting singles is just is like coach speed, but like a joke is it's just classic Brad. I don't know. I feel like it's more of a Brad. I don't know. I don't know why I feel more connection to it. It's just a weird way of complimenting someone. Yeah, I feel like it's like what he says when he's been watching a lot of film on like a Giannis, and he's like, it's it sounds like him just kind of throwing up his hands, like this is a joke. Like how am I supposed to defend this guy? I'm uh... the hitting singles thing feels like it's just like uh like the coach jargon and the growth mindset and just like do increment it is literally just Kaizen propaganda. And that's coming from a guy who loves Kaizen propaganda. Brad was a joke is like humanized Brad. Like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. Guy. Like, so funny because like, so I think I like that more. Sam, what, what percentage of the questions that you have asked Brad Stevens over the years have been regarding growth mindset and Kaizen? I would say more than 70%. Because I don't ask a lot of questions of Brad. And then I had one interview with Brad that was exclusively about the growth mindset. So that was like made up, a good, I would say, 50% of my questions. Um, that's the, pretty much the only way me and Brad connect. You know, I got I to gotta meet him at his level and just talk about uh, the growth mindset and Angela Duckworth. What else would be on like a Brad Stevens bingo card? Like what, else, what are other Bradisms? Not revealing a starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, too high, can't get too low. Gonna go back and watch the film. Can't tell you right now. Um, that's a that's a question for the medical staff. Yeah, him not knowing about medical updates 
not because he's lying to us, because he genuinely hasn't asked because he doesn't want to lie to us. That's, that's a very generous reading of that particular scenario. I think he's just like flat out lying to us every single time. Oh, Brad yeah, I just, that. before I, 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 it's so important to me that, that, that I talk to you guys, the media, that I didn't even stop to ask about, you know, whether Kemba's ankle is, is okay. You know, I just, I just came straight to this podium. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I think, no, Brad uh, hates new information. He hates learning things. <laughs> yeah, so like, note, uh, <laughs> notably uncurious Brad Stevens. I've often thought it. All right, Sam. Did you uh, did you have any uh, any uh, make me choose betweens, or is this quarantines that you want to uh, toss out there? I don't. The first thing that popped in my head is like, would you go to Orlando and cover the Celtics? But I couldn't think of what the alternate possibility was, and so it's like staying well, home. I guess that is the thing. Yeah, like it, and get to stay in the hotels, and like you get full access to player hotels, or would you stay at home? I mean, that's easy for me. I think I would go just because I live. I don't have a family. Easier to make that decision. I'm, I'm staying home. between your career and your family. <laughs> well, I am not Rob Palinka, so I would stay home with my family who does not understand the bigger picture. Um, this was actually something else that I did want to touch on. People in the NBA, I wish they would stop lying to us. I understand that they have to like restart the season for financial purposes. And I understand that like, if Rob Palinka feels like he needs to be with the Lakers, I get that. But like, one, no, your 10-year-old daughter does not understand, quote, the bigger picture. And two, like, the NBA is not doing this out of, like, you know, they're not, they're not restarting the season because they want to give everybody who's, like, stuck in quarantine something to watch. Like, they're not doing this for the good of the nation. They're just, like, trying to make money. I wish the NBA would be honest about that stuff. What was the story? Rob Polinka's like, I have to be one of the 35. Man, I, I that never. That was the other thing about bringing it full circle to the start of the show. Bradman <laughs> said that it was, it's going to be really hard to decide which 35 members of the Celtics he brings. He did. I did think that was interesting. And he, he did uh, say that he hopes the NBA will, once people start clearing out, he hopes the NBA will allow more, more people. It just sucks out. for the video guys. who are just like, Oh, you, you can just do this at home. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from Bill Oram, there is a very real family toll on those in the NBA bubble. Rob Palinka just said he recently saw tears in his 10 year old daughter's eyes at the dinner table. When he asked why she said, because daddy could be gone for three months. He added, but I think she understands the bigger picture. I tweeted last night, like, I'd be curious to know what Rob Polinka thinks is the bigger picture here. I want to know what his daughter thinks the bigger picture is. Exactly. Like, what he thinks his daughter thinks. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to, like, I don't know, dig into, like, somebody's, like, family life or something, like, uh, obviously. But, like, I don't know. Like, your 10-year-old your understands, like, what? The bigger picture of, like, the Lakers trying to win a ring? Because they could do that without you there. I don't know. It was just, that was just a bizarre quote. What do you think there. Rob Polinka thinks his value add is to the bubble? Because that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, what does GM do in that situation to, like, improve? Like, because that's ostensibly why he's there. It's because the Lakers have a chance to win a championship, and he's the manager of the organization. So he, like, wants to be there to do anything. But, like, what does he do if it's just a summer camp where guys are playing basketball? Like, hold Zen meeting? Like, does he (laughs) – like, roster construction, the things that he can't be done from Exactly. Exactly. Like, like you're not going to be making trades in the bubble – um, and even if you were, you could just do them over the phone like you do at every trade deadline. Maybe I, just like schmoozing and like tampering, you know, just talking to other GMs. It's going to be a, a tamper palooza in the winner's hotel in like the top eight or whatever it is. Like, my God. Like they're going to be just like the Celtics. You think I feel- Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal can hang out in the same hotel and play ping pong because Bradley's in the loser's hotel and Tatum's in the loser's <laughs> hotel. It's like, what is the rule of hotel visiting? They can't visit each other's hotels, apparently. 
Okay, who on the Celtics is most likely to use the snitch phone? Not named. Not named. <laughs> I think Smart would do it for a competitive advantage in a second. That's true. I don't think any of the rest of them would snitch for any other reason besides competitiveness, though. I don't think any of them would would snitch. Like, what happens if you're a member of the Celtics and you just like come out of a hotel and you just see like Giannis has just broken the rules <laughs> Giannis <laughs> following quarantine protocol yeah i don't know I, I feel bad besmirching Giannis's name and saying like he would do something like this because he's a pure soul but like what if what would the celtics do if they just saw like i don't know i don't even know what rule Giannis could be breaking just like going in and out of the bubble and like like sneaking out would they call i don't think so i, feel I don't like think they would yeah i can't I, see i it. i kind of think they would I kind of think some of them would. I don't think a player would. I could see maybe like a staff. You think oh, a player staff would? absolutely would. Staff, staff would. definitely would. I can't see a player calling though. It's anonymous. It depends. Yeah, it depends on the player. I don't know. Here's the thing: if the snitch phone was called and the NBA was like, "Yeah, Giannis was doing this," they wouldn't do anything. <laughs> it's, it's they have no obligation to report the snitch phone's findings. Like <laughs> they conducted an investigation to determine that Giannis is still good. Like <laughs> it's a bullshit enforcement policy. That is true, and it would be it would be hilarious because then if if that Celtic who wanted to stay anonymous actually wanted to like get things done, they would have to go public and be like, "Yo, I snitched on Giannis, and nothing was done about it." And Here's the photo documentation to prove it. <laughs> uh, would be a robot detective would be a fun job. That might be the only thing that would get me to want to go to Orlando for this. It was if I was just like put in charge of settling uh, snitch phone disputes, <laughs> <laughs> just being the hotline, like the person that answers. Yes. The first responder, as soon as you get a snitch call, you're Tom's the first one on the scene. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely do that. I want to ask one other thing, too. Who do you think is the most likely to be the player that, like, the Celtics tamper with? Taking into account, like, the hotel and everything, like... Are the Jazz in, the Don- are the jazz in that one? Because They Don- are. Oh, it's, it's Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. thousand percent. It is absolutely. Stuff. Well, because yeah. they're going to hang out anyway. And he hates Rudy Gobert and, like... Probably doesn't like hanging out in Salt Lake City. I'm sh- it's a fantastic place, but like I'm sure Donovan Mitchell would rather live somewhere else with like teammates he likes. It's absolutely Mitchell. It's so Donovan Mitchell. I I hope that we get some like photos or something. Trade Hayward back to Salt Lake. <laughs> oh my God, it would be amazing. Oh my God, we just I hope that happens. If I can <laughs> start like close that existence now, Hayward for Mitchell. I think we can make it happen. The power of the post. Poor Gordon, man. Power of the post. <laughs> all right. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap it up here? No. Yeah, nothing. I'm all, all right. it takes. Cool. We can uh, we can cut that part then. Don't all cut right. anything. Be authentic. <laughs> Do you know time is the least authentic podcast of all time? Daniel Ball! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Well, please come back on the podcast literally anytime. So follow Sam Jam at Jam Packard. Catch him on uh, Anything is Potable on the Athletic Podcast Network. And again, guys, appreciate everybody who has left a review, who's left us a rating. We really do appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you all on Monday. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com.
In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award winning service has a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today.